up the band quick, just straight off my laptop, up low with the bandwidth, how slick can this man get, but the call off a razor, more diesel than Nash, I'm who pass all these haters, see they know who I am, but they don't know why I'm here, oh you didn't know, your ass better call somebody, you damn right, it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-N-N-I-E, kicking it with my boy, R-O went to the P, Philadelphia area. Welcome to the down house, where you know we like to kick that shiz knit, doggy style. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, Matt Madness Network proudly presents to you the podcast champions of the world, the low down Donnie Lloyd, the badass Ronnie P. The newest <laughs> age outlaws. <laughs> if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. <laughs> when you told me before we started, you just have to fill in the end. You'll probably get it. I was like, hopefully I get it. <laughs> so luckily I did. I love the idea of the newest age outlaws because we are much newer than the new age outlaws. And we're probably younger. Um, we are definitely, well, you're definitely younger. And I know Thank those you, guys got to be at least, at least 10, 12 years older than me, if not more than that. Um, so, yes, we're definitely much newer. Um, but, yeah, is this officially episode 25 of The Perfect Edge? This is episode 25 of Allowing Me to Kick This Shit. It's none of it off the way that I usually do. <laughs> this is the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast. Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, Don Strowman, the big sauce man, the Don Voteen Dream. This is Donovan the Lowdown Lord, a.k.a. the man that grabbed and remembered. And, yes, I did change that name on my Twitter. It is the man that grabbed and remembered. <laughs> and I am here with my boy, the original OG, Ron Pasheree. And we are here for episode 25 of The Perfect Edge. Can I just say I do love that you finally made the man that gravity remembered your Twitter name. It is my Twitter name. It's not my handle, but it's my Twitter name. Right. I, I noticed it uh, yesterday, I think, or maybe the day before. And at first, because, you know, like you scroll through Twitter enough, you kind of get used to seeing certain things. And certain, like, images will jump out at you and you know who someone is or a certain name. And I saw the man that Gravity remembered. I was like, don't tell me some son of a bitch stole that. <laughs> and then I saw that it was you. So I was like, okay, good. I, I could live with that. I'm happy that he finally did it. You laid claim to the man that Gravity remembered, and nobody could ever take that away from you, which I'm happy about. That's right, because if you try to take it from me, you will get these hands. <laughs> um, so, Perfect Edge, Episode 25, WrestleMania 34. What, what, uh, what do you want to start off with? First of all, I would like to say I am purely worn out from wrestling. I haven't <laughs> even watched everything. It's physically impossible with all that I've had to do personally in life, school stuff, and just all the things wrestling has provided us this week. Not even wrestling, just combat sports, period, this weekend. And there's stuff I still haven't watched. Still haven't watched ROH yet. Uh, I haven't finished all of the Andre uh, the Giant documentary. 
I feel like there's something else I haven't watched. I haven't watched NXT from last night yet. Uh, so it's just, it's a lot. But we can start off with a little UFC real quick, kind of touch on that. All right. Touch and go, touch and go. <laughs> um, well, in the prelims, I really only cared about one fight, and that was Beck Rollins versus Ashley Evans-Smith. Good fight. Both ladies letting their hands go. Ashley Evans-Smith winning. Uh, really good fight. I don't know. Were you able to catch that? or? I didn't see any of the fights. Um, I did read a recap of the two main events and the Joe Lozon fight. Um, so I, I know I told you I had some opinions on UFC. Mm-hmm. I basically, I'm currently just boycotting it altogether. Uh, reason being, I've been pissed off for a long time about the the Reebok endorsement. Dana White basically taking away the opportunity for these fighters to make some money on endorsements and taking all the endorsement money for the company and then giving some of it out to the fighters. I think I just got to the point where I was like, I hate this guy. I don't like the way he treats his fighters. I don't think he treats them as well as they should be treated. And I decided that I'm done watching. Now, I, you know, don't come and arrest me, but if I can find a stream, maybe I'll watch it for free. But I just have gotten to the point where I'm just not really that interested anymore, just because I don't like him. Well, we got to say nefarious mean, like like Prep has introduced. <laughs> nefarious means. And there's another... Well, he's well. Dane is not a billionaire, but there's another. Well, there's a billionaire that's on the verge of me kind of going back to nefarious means of using and watching their product. But we'll get to that later. I think I know um, who you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's not hard to figure it out. <laughs> um, and by the way, uh, uh, Dana is a Trump supporter. Let's not forget. So it all adds up. <clears throat> ah, I guess it does. Uh, <laughs> it makes actually sense. both of them are Trump supporters. So it all adds up. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, but yes, I want to hear your thoughts on on UFC. Uh, on the card, basically, um, I, I, I kind of picked the bones of what I really wanted to see on the card. Like I said, uh, Beck Rollins and Ashley Evans Smith was good. Uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, wow, what a last name! Um, <laughs> she uh, did a great job. Uh, she's won, uh, fought Joanna Champion. Uh, probably a year or two ago uh, for the belt loss, but uh, she definitely showed out in this one. Um, uh, the, the the two fights that obviously anyone would really care, well, not anyone, but most people, if you're a casual fan, I'm not typically a casual fan. I usually watch a lot of it, but anyways, we had Rose Namajunas versus Joanna Jacek. My heart sunk. However, not as much as it did the first fight. Joanna fought a good fight. Even though she kind of, you could tell she fought from a, a, a place of trying to figure out Rose and kind of fought defensively a lot. She fought a lot better. She uh, started cutting her weight early before the fight, so she, you know, wasn't in there and having to deal with the problem that she dealt in the first fight. She was standing her own too. She got a lot of leg kicks in. Both ladies were throwing their hands. It was a great fight. Uh, Rose started getting more shots landed on her uh, the, towards the last two rounds. But fortunately, Joanna didn't put out enough to uh, win the fight. I think Rose got a takedown like shortly before the end of the last round, which kind of like scored it into her favor. 
But both ladies put on a good fight. It was a great fight. Uh, we'll eventually see a, a third version of this fight, I'm sure, because it's uh, it's going to be hard to get up in that 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 top bracket, especially around those two. Maybe those three. Maybe I think Shevchenko might be in that somewhere as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's just going to be hard within the next those couple of women that's at the top of that there to to get past that. Um, How close of a fight was it? Because I know the judges' uh, scorecards, I think, were all like 49, 46-ish. It, if if Rose didn't get the takedown, it would have been closer, but Rose may have still won. I think uh, Joanna just needed to throw a little bit more punches. But, I mean, it could have, it, it probably could have swung either way. They could have made their case if, if Rose didn't get the takedown at the end of the round. Yeah, I I feel like, and I I know I accidentally spoiled this fight for you before you saw it on Sunday. (laughs) Um, But my feeling with Joanna was, and I had this feeling right before the Rose fight last time, I actually was out with Ek2Fly and Godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joe Lafferty. And me and Laff were both big Joanna fans, and he was all in on Joanna and I was like laugh I just have this weird feeling like Joanna has gotten to that point where everybody thinks she's unbeatable and that's usually when somebody gets beat like as a BJ Penn fan I saw it happen to him with Frankie Edgar I saw it happen to George St. Pierre when he lost to Matt Serra I saw it we all saw it happen obviously to Ronda Rousey we saw it happen with Lyoto Machida. It, it, there, there's Chuck Liddell. There's always a point where you think, oh, who could ever beat this person? And then, inevitably, you find the person who's going to beat them. And oftentimes, once they lose that first fight, it, it's really hard to bounce back from it. Like, BJ Penn never really did. George St. Pierre did. But Ronda obviously didn't. Lyoto Machida's been up and down. I feel like there's... I don't know. It's just so hard to bounce back from that. And I saw an article or a headline somewhere theorizing maybe Oana needs to drop a weight class. And I don't like when fighters start feeling the need to do that. I think it's stupid. Like, she, she, she'll she be fine. I think this fight shows her that she'll be fine. She just has to figure out a different game plan when when fighting Rose Namajunas. Um because apparently Rose isn't like the, a lot of the, the other women in the, the division that she's fought. Um, and this is just clear across the board. You can see this as they're fighting. Um, so whatever, whenever it is that she, that she gets the opportunity to fight Rose again, she has to come up with a different game plan. She's going to do things differently. Luckily, she's done enough um, with the game plan she had in this fight to kind of see some things that she had to do. Um, you could kind of, it kind of seemed to me, honestly, that Rose kind of like in the last two rounds kind of coasted a little bit and Joanna was able to figure her out a little bit more. She was landing more of her punches. She was definitely landing more leg kicks. Um, and I think that was a good game plan to roll with, especially going into those last two rounds. Um, and I think she has something to build off of when she goes and fights, uh, uh, Rose again. Yeah, I, obviously I'd love to see her get back. To where she was at the top of the division I just struggle to see it I feel like once you kind of lose your your grip on a division it's just really hard to to take it back um so what what else stood out to you on this card 
Um, obviously, the last thing uh, to see was Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Al Iaquinta, uh, which was a really good fight. Al Iaquinta held his own in there against Khabib. He got grinded out a lot, which is typically what Khabib does, but uh, kind of going into the championship rounds. It seems like Khabib got a little gas, maybe a little impatient, depending on, I mean, give or take whatever you think you saw in the fight. But uh, Al Iaquinta is a, is a warrior. He's one of those guys where he – he wakes up once he gets a little blood on him. Uh, once he got the blood on him, he was able to start flowing a little bit more. One of his eyes started shutting. So he, some of the punches towards the end, it was kind of hard for him to kind of like duck out on. But he lasted all five rounds. Dude was a warrior. He put up a great fight. Um, unfortunately for him, Khabib won. Khabib is just, he's, he's, he's super consistent when it comes to trying to take down and just grinding people out. And that's exactly what he did in the fight. However, I, Ally Aquinta gave him a run for his money in this fight. And I wouldn't mind seeing his two fight again sometime in the future. So, Khabib is going to be fighting Ferguson, right? Dana said he would never make that fight again. He said he would never make that fight again. So, We'll see what Dana's feeling. And Khabib is—he's literally like been matched up with three different opponents in like a month times, man. First he was facing <laughs> Tony, then Tony had to pull out, and then uh, he was facing Max Holloway, and Max Holloway had to pull out. Um, and then, then he—they went through the process of elimination, I guess, and Ally Aquinta popped up, um, and that's the person that he ultimately ended up fighting. So he's been kind of going through a changes of opponents within the last month or so. Do you think we see Khabib fight Connor at some point? Do you think we see Connor in the UFC again? I think you will because right now you have no John Jones. You don't have Ronda anymore. Brock has a Brock contract, so we never know what's going on with him. And he's, he's not a draw much, anyway. Yeah, he's yeah, he's I mean at this point he's not. But, I mean, the biggest thing you have is Conor McGregor because you, you the UFC has a bunch of people that are underneath them. Um, and every and you can tell us a lot of guys that's um, that's on the up-and-coming, if not anything, that are trying to pull a Conor car. You got dudes like, and sorry if you're a fan of him, whatever, that's fine, but I watched a press conference recently. Uh, guys like Colby Covington who, you know, they're wearing the suits and they're doing a lot of the trash talking. There's a few guys who are doing that. Some you can kind of tell it's it, it's sincere. Some you, you can't really tell what it is, um, and it's just like you don't really you have people who could be stars, and for whatever reason they're not the people who UFC are putting their weight behind. You have Chris Cyborg who I feel like naturally will become a star on her own because you're continuously just signing people from Invicta who have become champions and so on and so forth, and you're feeding them to her. She's just mauling them at <laughs> at all costs. Um, the only, and the only person who most people, if you're following on the Twitters and such, who who really wants to fight and who will probably be some sort of competition to some extent for her is Megan Anderson. So you have that. You have Demetrius Johnson, who's been held in his belt for the longest time. And these are probably the two champions who will probably have some staying power within their division because everyone else is pretty much just you never know what's going to happen. Or I think Cormier and, and Stipe have kind of proven their little longevity as well. Um, but it's kind of hard. You're, you're not really trying to build any st- – well, you're trying to, but the people that you're trying to build with are losing. You you want to push Paige Van Zandt, she's losing. You wanted to push people like uh, Sage Northcutt, who I like, but he's still kind of coming up through the ranks and figuring it out. 
And then you got people like Connor for who just won damn near a hundred million dollars who doesn't necessarily need to fight anytime soon, but for the sake of your company, he's the face of it. And you need him to fight at some point. And, he's not the uh, face got, of the heel, but he's the face of the UFC. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> no he'll never be the face of the heel. But he has a lot of work to do. But uh, just kind of going off of even some of the, the antics, and we can get into it now because, I mean, UFC card, was it was what it was. And if you watched it, you watched it. If you didn't, you missed out some great things. But uh, Connor uh, freaking out, throwing a, a dolly onto a, a bus with Khabib Nurmagomedov on it, um, and ended up having to turn himself in, going to court for it. And I guess I don't know if the verdict was reached yet, but he bailed out. He's out of uh, out of jail and kind of putting the UFC in some water, some hot water, mostly itself, but uh, kind of putting them in hot water as far as what what happens with him moving forward. Yeah, I just have to say I love that he did it. Um, I One, I think it's hysterical. I think almost everything he's done has been hysterical. Um, and the fact that Dana was so pissed off about it made me love it even more. And I like just the, the complete lack of respect that he showed for that company because he's bigger than that company. If UFC stage an event on, you know, next Saturday night, say they announced it while we were doing this show, we're staging an impromptu event on Saturday. And then Conor McGregor said, I'm going to stage my own fight on Saturday night against anybody. Conor McGregor would outdraw the UFC. Yeah, I believe that. Totally. I mean, yeah. So, he, he was able to do that with, I mean, and Floyd obviously plays his part, but you put, you being on that stage with Floyd obviously elevates you. I mean, look at look at people. Marcos Maidana fought Floyd Mayweather twice. He got two paydays, and we have not seen him since, literally. And that was like, right. what, four years ago? That man is somewhere in his home country, and he has the right to be as fat as he wants to be. If he looks like Ben Stiller and Dodge <laughs> at the end of Dodgeball right now, no one would be able to blame him because you fought and got you reached gold twice. Yeah. And you and you didn't even have to win to reach it. And Connor has been to that promised land and as of right now, he's fine. And if he ever and if and you know, Floyd's supposedly getting his MMA license, whatever, da 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 da. Now people said this boxing fight would never happen. So if this MMA fight happens and he's able to get Floyd again, you can hang it up. Connor doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, and I think, so when Ronda was Ronda, obviously Dana had those two cash cows. And maybe he didn't have to give them both everything they wanted because he could still rely on one of them. Now Connor is really the only big draw that he has. There's a lot of great fighters in that company, but there isn't anyone who's a star in that company. Connor's really the only one. Who, who do you think in the UFC is the biggest draw without Conor McGregor? Because I don't know who it is. Without Conor? Uh, I, f- I honestly feel like George may draw some people. He's not. No one's really going to draw Conor numbers. But you have people like George St. Pierre lingering. I feel like if they position her more, Chris Cyborg could get start pulling some more people if she's not already. Because with her, it's just going to become one of those things where it's an attraction of come and see her maul the next person that we put in front of her. Yeah, and I just don't know if she's got the likability 
I don't I don't know if she registers quite the same way. Like with Rhonda, people loved her or people hated her. It's I mean it's similar. I hate to say it, but it's similar to a John Cena or a Roman Reigns, where yeah. there are people that love them or hate them, and those people are the ones who move the needle the most. And what's the same with Connor? Yeah, people loved him or they hated him. Same with I Floyd. Mean, He's got his fans that adore him, and he's got his detractors that hate his guts. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, there's people there. I mean, even the there's certain fights that you can have, and then people coming out of those fights who probably could draw more if, you know, and I don't know exactly what needs to happen, but you got fights like uh, Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. Cody Garbrandt could definitely be a star. Um, it's just all, the, all behind the fact of what do you do to push him. You got people like Daniel Cormier. He's an older guy, but he's had his title for a while. He's had, and, and then you have people like John Jones. If John Jones can actually come back and stick around and not be in trouble, he's another person who can draw a lot. I don't know if he's. I, don't, I doubt he's drawing Connor numbers, but he can draw. So it's just like there's people who can do these things, but it's just like a lot of them have to stay out of trouble or they have to do go that extra mile to kind of start getting that drawing power. Um, but no one is is touching what Connor is doing, and he's 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 went outside of the USC, USC in itself to boxing to a whole nother sport and caused a whole mass hysteria that no one else in UFC has. Now you've had people like Steve A and uh, I think one somebody else was talking about possibly fighting someone else at boxing, but even though you're doing that, you're still not Connor McGregor. You're not the biggest draw. So going over to do that, you would draw people, but you're not drawing them the way that Connor is. Right, and I'm I'm at the point where I don't I don't even want to see Connor fight in UFC anymore. I I love that he by force of will made that Floyd Mayweather fight happen, and I think now he got a taste of whoa, this is way better than what I was doing, and I want to see him shake loose from UFC and be able to take control of his own his own future, as opposed to being beholden to. Dana White in the UFC. I want to see him get out of there. Well, I, think I don't he's, know how he's, he could. He's going to do something because he's already done like documentaries and things like that. He so apparently he has he 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 did a, a freaking uh pretty much like a night out type thing where he just brought people in. He sold out an event just to, for people to hear him do an interview with uh. Uh, what was it? Two years ago? It was two years uh, ago. It was like around New Year's Eve. I don't know if it yeah, was New Year's Eve. He sold out a whole room for people to just hear him talk in an interview. Like, like it's, that's crazy. It's like inside the actor studio for Conor McGregor. Like, and he sold yeah, out. It was the him whole and him and Ariel, it. and it was super entertaining. Shout out to Inside the Actor Studio, great show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know this this guy can do. Honestly, I think whenever he really wants to walk away from it he should start a suit line and if he makes bigger sizes and i can afford it i would gladly purchase one. <laughs> well i know he started a clothing line i don't know where it's available um, i would guess ireland he started a clothing line and he started a a workout system but i'm not sure how you get access to either one of them i think his workout thing is called the fast program or something like that i'm not really sure um but, yeah, I, w- I want to see him be able to do more on his own, and I don't want to see him make any more money for the UFC. I just want to touch on that incident within itself. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe that he did that. First of all, the reason why Conor did that, 
think a few days, if not, uh, some, I don't know exactly sure the timetable, but sometime earlier before the, all of that happened, Khabib and some of his crew, they circled Artem Lobov, who was one of Connor's guys, in a hallway, and Khabib slapped him or something to that extent. Uh, basically kind of crying around him and threatening the guy. So I don't know if, I mean, a lot of people commented on it. Anyone who grew up in any type of neighborhood, especially when there's a lot of boys in that neighborhood and you have a crew, when you surround someone of someone's crew, and you guys will watch movies, so you had to know this, you surround someone of someone's crew, especially to the point where you put some form of hands or something on them, that other per- that person is going to go back to the crew, and that crew is going to see you. So that's pretty much what happened. They went towards Artem Lobov, kind of did you know a little threatening situation, could be put his hands on him, talked to a bunch of trash, and... One thing that you there's there's a few races of people or or country of people who you don't want to mess with, especially when it comes to fighting. Irish people are one of them. <laughs> what is I, what is Connor? He's Irish, so he hears that man. He's he, him and his crew come up, and he loses it. He's throwing everything he can get his hands on. He throws the dolly because that's the one thing he manages to get his hand on and gets off. Throws it, busts the window, which happens to be right near Michael Chiesa, I believe his name is. And somebody else was nearby. Um, all they get to Khabib, he finds a chair, he's trying to throw chairs. Then he's telling his crew, grab anything, throw it at the fucking bus. So he's <laughs> literally trying to like get to that inside that bus at all costs. And I think what he didn't know was Khabib's team wasn't on that bus. It was Khabib and someone else from his team, but everyone else on that bus were fighters of the same corner that Khabib fought out of that night. So all of Khabib's team wasn't on there. So you had Rose on the bus. You had, uh, uh, I want to say, I think Ray Borg was on the bus. Michael Chiesa, who ended up getting cut in the middle of his forehead from it. And there's three fights on that card that got pulled because of that incident. Now, is that <laughs> is, is that is that a bad thing per se? Yes, but at the same time, was he? Can you can I understand why Connor did what he did? Yes, because and it could be I felt got the the lighter hand of it, and everyone just kind of went on Connor because of people got hurt from what his action was. But you really, at the end of the day, have to blame Khabib as well because he started it. If Khabib never approached Artem Lobov and put his hands on him. You would have never got an irate Conor McGregor who throw, uh, threw a dolly and hit a bus and uh, unfortunately ruined the whole card and cut some people. And shook Rose Namunas up who ultimately went on to still fight. Yeah, like obviously I feel bad that anyone who was not actually involved in the situation got hurt. Uh, obviously you don't want that to happen. But to me, it's very telling that what Conor did got 10 times more buzz than anything that actually happened on the card. Yeah, I mean, and it's There's just, nothing it's else that got even one-tenth of the attention that Connor did. It's the draw of Connor, and at the end of the day, I'm, people are like, oh, I'm so disgusted with Connor. Yeah, what he did was wrong, but at the end of the day, Khabib started it. Khabib started it, and you know what I mean? Like, he's he's he has he plays his part in it as well because you did something that resulted in that action that happened, and that man didn't know that your team wasn't on that bus. And his head, Khabib's on that bus, Khabib's people are on that bus, and we're going to get him. And now I'm pretty sure afterwards he goes, oh, and, you know, I didn't know all these people were on the bus, and now, unfortunately, like, these people have been harmed or injured, and, it's, and you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, 
when you're when you're in the midst of war, what you think is war, you you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Yeah, and this might be a good segue into WWE, but I did see yesterday that, and I don't know if this is an accurate story or if it's been fully reported on or that it's finalized, but I saw that UFC signed a deal with ESPN and NBC. So they will be, whenever their contract with Fox is up, they'll be done with Fox, and they're then going to be It'll be a partnership between NBC and ESPN where I think there will only be six pay-per-views a year and there will be more fight night cards and there's going to be an Ultimate Fighter type show on each of the two networks. There'll be one per year on each network. So Fox will be done and ESPN and NBC will be carrying UFC. Uh, Again, I don't know if that's 100% true reporting. I don't know if that's a finalized deal. Um, But the the rumors have been that if UFC leaves Fox, WWE may sell to Fox. Uh, Yeah, I've heard that rumor too. Um, I don't know about sort of CBS. I know it helps. That would help ESPN out a great deal Um, because they're in they're in um, they're in competition. I believe with. uh, What's the network that Skip is on now? I might, Fox I think Sports that might, one. yeah. So they're competing with that. So I know as far as that goes, that helps them on that back end. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, as far as the TV stuff, it's like at this point, if you have the network and you have all the apps and things like that, you don't really care about the TV deals as much. That's more so. Out of those deals, all in all, and I'm pretty sure anyone who's a fan of these sports is, and this is the point that we care about. These fighters and these people who are who are underneath these people making these deals are the ones who need to see fruits of that labor. Yeah, Period. so my feeling on the deal for WWE, if that in fact happens, is the theory is Raw would then move to Fox. And Fox, because they have local news at 10 o'clock, it would cut Raw from three hours to two hours which I know every wrestling fan would be happy about that change. And the other issue I think that could be beneficial is I think WWE and USA have had this relationship for so long that I think it's possible that if they end up being carried by Fox or if the company itself is owned by Fox, I think there there might be more consequences for them where they might actually have to step up their game creatively to keep people happy. That's my hope anyway. I don't know if that would actually happen, and I don't know if they're even going to go to Fox. But I think it's only a good thing if Fox gets involved, although I do have reservations too because Fox may end up meddling too much in it, and may they might even make it even less enjoyable than it already is. Well, I think that I don't think WWE is going to make that deal because I don't believe that while Vince is alive, they're going to, he's going to tamper with that time that he wants. I'm pretty sure he's at the three hours for a reason. He wants it to stay that. And I highly doubt that he'll um, edit with the time to do, to, to go into what Fox does as far as news wise. Um, 
And he's, I mean, when you look at the networks that he's been on, I've only been alive long enough to see it on USA and Spike. I'm not exactly sure what it was on beforehand, uh, before that. Um, but I feel like if they don't stick with USA, they'll probably go to another network where they can keep their same time position and won't have to really alter it any. And so, I feel like with, with Fox, they're going to, there's a lot, even though the show is already censored as much as it is for the most part now, I feel like there's more censorship that will come with it because there's certain things that, even more things that won't be able to be talked on because you're on a station where it's a highly political station. So the the one thing about the three hours is, I don't necessarily think Vince wants the show to be three hours. I think the deal he gets from USA is just so much higher because the show is three hours. So I think if Fox, if Fox gives them the money, it's not necessarily keeping Vince from doing three hours and he wants to do it. I think it's, I think they'll just give him the money that they think it's worth. And then the show will just be two hours instead of three. I don't, I I don't think that it's Vince who wants it to be three. I think it's only three hours because they're selling more advertising. So I think with Fox, that won't even be an issue. And I think it just could just be a two hour show. Um, I, I was super happy about it just at the idea of it being a two hour raw every week. Because I think that that would make it for a much more enjoyable watching experience on Monday nights. But then I also think a lot of times a smaller company or a family-owned company is usually a better company than one that's just owned by some big conglomerate. Like I worked at Macy's back, God, 18 years ago. And I worked there not, I started working there not too long after Macy's sold their company. Macy's was a family company forever. And then they sold to a company called Federated Department Stores that owned like Saks Fifth Avenue and a store called Lazarus in Florida. And I think maybe Dillard's, which is in the South. And all the people who had worked there for years always talked about how much better of a company it was before they sold and even customers used to say that that the selection of items was better that customer service was better so there is also a worry about that that once the company is out of the hands of the people who really love it they may not care about it enough to take proper care of it so that would be my main reservation more so than anything else yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's already had had those reservations on it due to the writers, so I'm pretty sure another huge corporation <laughs> getting involved will not add, add any good luck to it. So. so, are you ready to talk at all about WrestleMania? Um, let's ease into that trash. Um, <laughs> let's go to NXT quick, uh, very quickly. Um, we could touch on that a little bit. Um, I felt like it was a good card. Um. Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler ended up coming out with the win. Becoming the new women's champion for NXT. Um, I thought the match was pretty good. Uh, I mean, it was pretty good. It wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't super amazing to me. But for what it was, it was really good. Um, It was a good change of hand. Obviously, we know why Ember Moon dropped the title, which we'll get into when we talk a little bit about SmackDown. Uh, We had the tag team uh, titles slash Dusty Classic match with AOP and Strong and Dunn versus uh, Undisputed Era. Uh, 
pretty good match. Another pretty good match. Uh, Dunn and, and Strong definitely getting off some major offense in that match, getting some high-intensity offense off in that match. AOP doing what AOP usually do, just brute, being brutes and just, you know, wrecking people. Um, undisputed era. Kyle O'Reilly just, just being Kyle O'Reilly. And actually, both of them kind of just were, like, not necessarily sheepish because Kyle O'Reilly definitely got off some good strikes uh, just as he normally does. Adam Cole got put through. Uh, I think he got put through the table in that one. It might have been the other one early. I'm not sure because he wrestled twice that night. But um, the big story of that whole match is uh, Roddy Strong turning on Pete Dunne and joining the Undisputed Era, which means that he finally he finally has an NXT belt. He by uh, the Freebird rule, he is now an NXT Tag Champion. Mm-hmm. So that was a uh, that was a good thing to see. Um, what else do we have? We have uh, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. It was a very long match. A lot that going on in it. Very brutal match between these two. Uh, involving a, a power bomb to the floor, which Ciampa took. Uh, it was just a very brutal match. Um, it was kind of long for me, personally. I don't know if I necessarily care to see them go as long as they did. Um, but it was it was still a good match nonetheless. I don't think I don't know if to me I don't know if it was better than their first one, um, and that may be timing wise, and it may just be I feel like their first one had a little bit more passion in it. Not that this one didn't, but I just felt like it was I don't know it was just more to me. Um, the title fight, Alistair Black versus uh, Cian Almas, it was a good one. You definitely Almas definitely was pulling out all the stops to try to beat Alistair Black. And he pretty much, I, I would say, had most of the offense in that fight. Um, Alistair Black was able to uh, pull off the black mask. Selena Vega doing a great job, great heel work as a manager, getting involved, uh, doing multiple Hurricane Runners, one to the steps, one was a, a spiked Hurricane Runner. Um, also trying to get involved again, uh, Almas ends up catching her. Uh, black gets off the black mask, takes the title away. Um just a, a great way to end the match. It was a good fight all in all. It was different to see Alistair Black uh, kind of on the defense the entire match because Amos was just like completely pulling out all the stops. Selena Vega was definitely pulling out the stops being involved. And uh, Tyler and Alistair Black, we'll see what goes from here. I'm pretty sure they're going to run it back because Amos didn't come up. So, which I kind of was like, if he drops it, he's going up. But WWE does what WWE does. To me, the biggest match, and it kind of uh, was hard to follow a little bit, was the latter match for the North American title. Uh, I'm not a big fan of burgundy belts, um, but nonetheless, <laughs> the title still looks pretty good, pretty decent. I won't complain about it. But anyway, in this match, you had Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, EC3, uh, Ricochet, Adam Cole, and who's the last person? Oh, the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> um, and it was a good match. Uh, Velveteen Dream came out again with great pants. Um, everyone's face on his pants. It was really dope. Um, but it was just a high-intensity match. Great great spots. Velveteen Dream doing the elbow drop off the top of the ladder. Literally went, climbed all the way up to the top of the ladder and jumped off of it. Giving Laura son Laura Sullivan the elbow drop. It was amazing. It was a great spot. Uh, Ricochet backflipping off of the ladder, being tilted to the outside of the ring. He, I, he flipped a bunch of times. I'm 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 feeling like like 
and it was just a great match. EC3 was a great part of it. Adam Cole played a great part in who ended up getting the title. Uh, Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, all doing their 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 thing as the big guys in the match. And I can't say enough about that match. It was just a great watch. Uh, and I highly recommend if you haven't seen it yet, you guys need to go and watch it because it was just a great match. And honestly, I feel like that probably should have been the main event uh, just because it, it was, to me, a hard act to follow. Yeah, I saw some clips of it on Twitter. I haven't watched TakeOver at all. Um, I, that is one that I definitely want to see. I want to see the women's championship match, and I want to see the uh, NXT championship match. Would, did this live up to previous TakeOvers? Uh, Card-wise, yeah. Um, I don't... I don't, and the crazy thing is, I don't. I'm not even sure exactly which takeover to me ranks the highest. Um, and I think I may need to announce that for just for show purposes at some point in time. But as far as what the card was, it was a good card. Um, there were some changes. Well, that was the black change I expected. Uh, uh, the tag thing, I wasn't really. I didn't have much weight on whoever had that, like whoever ended up walking away with it was. With it. Actually, I'm lying because I'm a big Pete Dunne fan, um, and I feel like I haven't showed Pete Dunne enough love on this show. <laughs> so, Pete Dunne, I am a fan of yours, and I really did want you to win, but Roger Strong is a terrible person, and he turns back on you, and I know I've never seen anything special in that guy, and I still don't. So, um, and I'm just saying that because he turned on you, and he deserves whatever coming to him afterwards, and it's not a title. So... <laughs> Um, and I mean, Shayna Baszler, I'm kind of on the Shayna Baszler train, uh, just because I like her heel work. Um, don't know if she should have the title right away, but I mean, with the iconic duel going up, um, it, it makes sense with Ember going up. It makes sense. Um, and other than that, I don't know. I mean, you have Kyrie Sane, but it gives her something to build up to take the title off of her at some point. So. It pretty much makes sense at this time. Um, and as far as that ladder match goes, I, I think that is a match that's, that, that's kind of high up there on the board as far as match-wise and, and NXT TakeOvers. It, it stands up there pretty tall. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it personally. Um, I would have preferred the Velveteen Dream to take home the title. I did but, too. That was, that was my pick. But you can't always get what you want. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'll probably watch some of NXT this weekend. I'm not going to watch the whole show. I don't think. Like, I couldn't really care less about Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, honestly, a lot of the people on NXT they just don't register to me at this point. Um, I've never gotten over once everything was completely turned over. You know, the people I started watching were you know the Sasha Bank, the Four Horsewomen, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Neville, uh, Enzo, and Cass, as much as I've turned on them since they left NXT. There were so many people that I loved in NXT. And then, you know, the Samoa Joes came, who I loved. And it's just like once it started to just become, it's just like an indie show now. Pretty much. And it's, I mean, it's lost I think something that's... for me. I think Triple H is just showing his true colors and signing the people who he's been keeping his eye on for years. And for whatever reason, Vince won't pull the trigger on him for the main roster. So he's 
just uh, filtering them in through NXT. And uh, I'm not really mad at it um, because, I mean, it just it goes to show it kind of shows you where the company will go whenever the reins are fully handed over to Triple H that he will pull in the best talent that's out there to at least pull in what he can pull in as the best talent out there and how kind of the dynamics will change. Because if you think about it, um, even though uh, he wasn't able to go to NXT, but I'm sure if he could, he would have because I'm sure Triple H would have signed him. But we got the AJ Styles, the the Shinsuke Nakamura's, the uh, Bobby Rules, even though he's not doing tri- you know squat right now. Um, but just even some of the people that you see coming up to the main roster, majority of the stars on both shows are people that are filtered out from from Triple H and who he signed. So um, kind of just if you look at the the framework of what he's done, a lot of the guys, the Seth Rollins, the Dean Ambroses, even some of the people who are uh, who are uh, WWE bred, the Roman Reigns, the Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn's, uh, the Rusev's. All of these people who are over and doing big things on the main show now, they're from this infancy of what Triple H, uh, which made. And I'm sorry, laugh because I know you're probably like closing your ears right now for listening <laughs> to this. But it just goes to show what the, what the plan is, and it's working. Yeah, AJ Styles. Yeah, he just I think that he came at a time when they needed a big name. So he just, you know, got fast-tracked right into the Royal Rumble instead of NXT. Although, I don't know if he would have signed if he had to go to NXT, to be honest. Well, I think if they would have paid... I mean, it's a bunch of guys who, who who went there and they got paid big money to be in the lower brand. I mean, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, Troy Shinsuke did as well. Um, they're paying these guys uh, top uh, main roster money to be in the lower brand and then not only are they they getting paid that money but they're getting more interesting things to do while you know with their time being there so i wouldn't see why not take it yeah i just i don't know i feel like for him he was going to the main roster he wasn't coming um obviously we'll never know that unless he comes out and says it which i don't i don't think he will um so are you ready to talk about wrestlemania yet fortunately yes I so you seem to have hated it. I actually, for the most part, enjoyed it. Um, there are obviously things I didn't like about it, but I liked it more than I didn't. So I'm curious: was it from top to bottom you didn't like anything? Was it that you just disliked more than you liked? I'm curious where where our opinion differs here. I dislike more than I liked. Um, I felt like the. <clears throat> I feel like they were purposely like trying to curb everything that the fans wanted. And I felt like they really didn't put any budget in any of the entrances. Like, I mean, you've had a few good ones. You had, uh, uh, what's his name? Mustafa Ali was on the pre-show. He had a good entrance coming out with the, the, the beacon of light thing, mm-hmm. and the, the face mask. And I'm a huge Bane fan. So I just immediately went to that and was like, Great entrance, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Seth, you got Seth coming out with the 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 winter theme. I forgot. What, I'm pretty sure it's a uh, Game, of Game of Thrones theme, which was dope. I don't watch it, but I still think stuff coming from that show when I see it is dope. Uh, Triple H, of course, had his fixation on motorcycles and biker jackets. Good, cool. Uh, Charlotte's was good. Uh, the New Days was good. 
Um, and I just felt like there's there was a lot where it was just like the ball was dropped. Like you have AJ Styles coming out doing a regular entrance, but you give Shinsuke Alistair Cooper's old guitarist and just a great entrance. Uh, I, <clears throat> I don't think Bobby Roode had anything extravagant this year. Uh, Randy Orton, no one cares. So um, just there's a lot of entrances where I was like, you, this is it. You're not gonna give them anything. Like there's nothing. You're not going to do it. Like, there's no... Even with Roman, he comes out and does the same thing. He punches the ground and fireworks come out, which I don't know how that dynamic works, but he does it all the time, and fireworks still appear. So, <laughs> I just feel like they didn't really, like, put any thought in a lot of the entrances this year. And maybe that was on the superstars. I don't know. But I just felt like for WrestleMania, just kind of like some people had good ones, and then everyone else was just like Monday night or SmackDown, and you just had a longer ramp to come down. <clears throat> yeah, so I, especially having been at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, the greatest thrill ride, um, I made fun of them coming up with that title for WrestleMania, and I mocked them from the second they announced it, right up until the second that I actually got in the arena and saw it, and... I was blown away by the production value of last year's WrestleMania. I don't know if maybe they were limited by the fact that it was an indoor stadium. I, I really don't know what it was. I do know that in Orlando, they really outdid themselves. And I I walked out of there, like I said, I was moved by the experience. I was. I felt lucky to be in the stadium seeing that show. Because everything felt... 10 times bigger than you're used to. And I didn't really think too much about WrestleMania this year felt bigger than I'm used to. Uh, so I do agree with you on that point that there was not as much production value on this year's show as there was last year. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of the matches, they just felt like they kind of ended. They weren't like climactic at all. Um, and I think for me, that was just kind of like, and I'm kind of watching it and I'm just like, probably after a good five or six matches and mind you, you had all night. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I'm not really enjoying this. It's not really good. And, you know, I had a, I had a drink and I was just like, I wasn't even like feeling anything from it. And I was like, maybe I'm just like, no, I'm not getting You know, any effects from the drink. And maybe it's just, I'm just really not enjoying this. Like, and I, like, I was like, maybe it's me. And I'm like, no, it's not me. I'm just, I'm really not enjoying this WrestleMania. Like, it's really just kind of not good. And even a rumor came out that a lot of the superstars were upset about WrestleMania. So it wasn't just me. I'm not a crazy person. Like, it just wasn't really good. And I feel like a lot of people were like, no, it's good. And I feel like you're trying to talk. I mean, uh, people have their own opinions, whatever. But I feel like a lot of people were kind of trying to talk themselves into liking it. And it's just like, no, it wasn't good. Yeah, so for me, I felt like the first maybe four to five matches, I really enjoyed. Um, I thought that the Cruiserweight match was great on the pre-show, and I don't think you watched that that night. I think you might have watched it later. Um, I thought the Women's Battle Royal was good, a good way to end the kickoff show. I thought the opener for the Intercontinental Championship, I really enjoyed that match. 
Oh yeah, that was really good. That was that's one of the highlights that I liked. That was a really good match. I loved Ronda Rousey's match. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it so far exceeded expectations. And I was happy by how much the crowd was into it. It yeah, they were that felt like a big deal when that when that was happening. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought Oscar and Charlotte now pretty much every match in the women's division that I love and hold in high regard, everyone, Sasha Banks, has played a part in the match. Pretty much. This was the first one that she was not involved in that I was sitting there thinking, this is one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. We differ. Yeah, I loved it. I was disappointed by the result. <clears throat> and I, I mentioned this on the uh, on Matt Madness uh, yesterday. I was disappointed in the moment with the result, but during the match, I was sitting there thinking, this is great. I loved every second of it. When Charlotte won and ended the streak, it kind of bummed me out and deflated me a little bit, but I just kept thinking the result was, you know, two seconds worth of the match. The other 17 minutes and 58 seconds or whatever I'm not going to not enjoy that anymore because I didn't like the very end. And I think they set themselves up where they can they can do some things from it. And I think it's good for Asuka where she's not defined by the streak because if they went another year of her not losing, once she loses the streak, it's like, well, now what? Now you have the that. story of her, huh? I get that. I do. I get that. But... <clears throat> And I'm not even necessarily too, like, and I think initially I was shocked, like, oh, they, they broke her streak, what the heck? But I think what I'm more upset about is because it was so anticlimactic, it seemed too easy for Charlotte. And I think that's my problem with the match. Um... I might have to watch it again to see because definitely when I was watching it, I didn't get that feeling. I was just like, these women are killing each other. The the spot with the suplex off the apron to the floor, the Spanish fly off the top rope. I thought that they, I thought they were really physical. Now, are you talking about <coughs> just the finish that it ended too quick? Yeah, I felt like it ended too quickly. I felt like. And nonetheless, they definitely were killing it. I'm not going to not give them their props. They definitely killed it um, up until the, the finish. Um, I just felt like the finish, it was kind of quick, and I felt like it should have been more. It should have been more. Like, I felt like she really should have, like, took Oscar to more of a brink than what she did, and I feel like it kind of, like, it made light work of Oscar almost. Um <clears throat> And not only that, she's a Royal Rumble winner, and that doesn't mean she has to win. But still, I just feel like for her winning the Royal Rumble and the buildup that they have that they had for her, she should have Charlotte should have inflicted a little bit more onto her before just getting the win like that. Um, yeah, I may have to go back and watch it and see if I feel that way watching it again. Um, so that was my match of the night. You clearly. It was not yours. So, what was your match of the night? I've been going back and forth, and it, it may be the Intercontinental match. Um, 
it may be that wrestling wise. Um, as far as moment wise, it might be Naya. <clears throat> because I feel like the AJ Shinsuke match was good. Um, but again, I felt like it kind of just was what it was. And I'm not one of those people saying, oh, comparing it to the New Japan match, we could easily do that. But I feel like it was good, but it was still lacking something for me. Uh, <clears throat> we don't even have to get into the Brock and Roman thing yet. Um, it just it was what it was, and I'm not tripping off of it. I got what I expected. <clears throat> Ronda did great in her match. Um, highly surprised what she was able to do. Stephanie was the the thing I liked most about that match, just the armbar bit where she's no, no, <laughs> don't do it, no. And like I literally hollered like laughing just Stephanie selling that part. That was amazing. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers ruined that tag match for me. Uh, Bronze thing was good, but it the kid was better on Raw. <clears throat> <laughs> um, but it was what it was. I got what I wanted. Bron initially, the fact that he tagged the kid in that was funny. Um, but Bron did what he what we all wanted him to do. Pretty much, he won the tag by himself. The Cena Taker thing it was. Cool to see Taker, but you squashed Cena, so it wasn't really a match, in my opinion. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan coming back was huge, but <clears throat> as far as that match goes, it left more to be desired for me. Um, Shane jumping off of things as usual, which is cool. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I feel like, for me, I was the most excited for – I was excited for the United States Championship as well, for the most part. Uh, whether Gender or Rusev won, those were my two picks for that. So Gender winning, I uh, was happy. But if Rusev would have, I love that you've never wavered from the Gender bandwagon. No, the Maharaja is a great <laughs> character. They just don't know how to use it well. The Maharaja is great, and you know people, they just obviously don't know how to use it well. But I'm, it makes sense. It's hard to to do it now because you threw Rusev in the mix. But if they'd have had that title on gender before and you let him just be a typical non-American United States champion, great things will come from it. So hopefully they get some good writers and <clears throat> they do great things with him having that title. But we know WWE, there's no such thing as great writers there. So uh, unless you're in NXT but um, or Derek and we need to talk to Derek because I need to know what's going on with this text on screen. <laughs> but um. Rusev, did, if Rusev would have won, the, the the roof would have blew off the joint. But um, I love that uh, the Maharaja won it. Let's get a little. Uh, I want a rivalry between those two. Um, Bobby Roode and Randy Orton can go play on four ninety five somewhere. Who cares about what they're doing? <laughs> um, but other than that, the matches I enjoyed the most was uh, the Intercontinental Championship, which I have to watch the ending because a friend of mine came over. My girlfriend's dogs went crazy, and the ending happened while I was trying to tame them. So I didn't even get to see the ending. I just knew that Seth won. But from what I watched on that, it was great. Um, and Nia winning because I knew it was coming, and she deserved it. And it was good to see her get the title. Big fine, finally, as a champion, and I'm glad to see it. <laughs> Other than that, the car was just kind of like it was what it was. It was WrestleMania, but it left more to be desired for me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I felt like the wheels came off a little bit the second half, but I... I went in expecting that. I don't know if it came across on TV last year, but I know right in the middle of the show was the Cena, Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice mixed tag match. And 
that place was on fire for that match. And then there was like the proposal afterwards and Triple H and Seth came on right after. And the crowd was just shot after that. And it really never came all the way back the whole rest of the show. And I was kind of expecting it after the Ronda match because the crowd was on fire for that. And you definitely felt it. I felt it on TV this year. Maybe because I was looking for it, but it definitely felt like the air came out of the building. And so that definitely affected the second half of the show for me. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, because I felt, and I think, I mean, it's two people. I I mean, certain people I felt excited for. Felt excited for Seth because even though he fought Triple H last year, I feel like there was a limitation because of his knee. But he's coming in this year. He's fully healed. He's fully healthy. And you could tell the clear difference. Like, he wasn't necessarily going through the motion in the match. Like, he was just, he was fully able to do what he, what Seth does. Uh, Nia, just someone who clearly deserved that championship. She's the most, supposedly the most dominant female on the roster who hasn't had the title yet. She's do it. <clears throat> um, obviously, happy to see Daniel Bryan make his return. That's something to see. The Usos finally being on the card, even though they lost to Kane's illegitimate sons, <laughs> it's good to see that it's good to see that they were on the card. I'm happy to see that. But even though I'm happy to see these things, there's certain things that downplayed a good bit of them. Right. I, I obviously it could have been better. I do also think, and and Alo actually made this point. It is really hard to make a seven hour show good from top to bottom, and I just think how long that show is is setting them up to fail every year. Well, I mean, it's 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 not even just them. Like, there, I'm, and if you're, you know, a, a IWC person out there or a New Japan mark, that's great, wonderful for you. But I'm not going to lie, some of the New Japan cards, I get bored with some of them because it's a lot of multi-man tag matches, and half of the guys on there, I don't care to see. If it's not all of LIJ uh, or Okada or Omega, or certain people from the Bullet Club, or whatever they want to be now. Um, there's certain people I turn in, tune in there for, and if it's not involved, oh, and shout out to um, my man Suzuki, he's, he's amazing. But um, if it's not certain people, like I get bored with watching after a while because, and it's it's crazy because for someone who watches WWE, you may get bored with it. Because there's not a lot of wrestling at sometimes. With New Japan, you can sometimes get bored with it because it's not enough entertainment factors sometimes. So it's kind of like, damn if you do, damn if you don't, depending on whatever you're watching. Um, And this is a TV show, I know. But honestly, as far as getting the best of both worlds, I most enjoy Lucha Underground. Because it's the perfect blend of both. You get the entertainment aspect as far as the storyline. You also get great wrestling because they're going to give you great wrestling within the show. Yeah, that's unfortunately the one that I just haven't been able to get myself started on because I feel like I'm already devoting so many hours to wrestling that I just can't bring myself to add anymore. Um, and might I add, my boy Pentagon has both of the titles on Lucha Underground, so I cannot wait for the new season to come back <laughs> and to see him exploiting more Cero Miedo. <laughs> when does it come back? Is that announced or no? Uh, see the mayor June. I know when, when we had uh, House of Hardcore, we were talking to Willie Mack, who won the TV title <laughs> for HOH this weekend. 
Congratulations to Willie Mack. I had a lot of fun watching him at House of Hardcore. And I think Eck is supposed to talk to him and get him on your show, but, you know, uh, I talked to him as well, so if you need me to close that deal, I'm here. No offense, Eck. But (laughs) um, just kind of talking to him. Excellent show with Eck, by the way, a couple weeks ago. Thank you. Uh, Eck, you're welcome. Uh, (laughs) So kind of talking to him and uh, just kind of casual conversation. I was like, so when are you guys done the tape? And he was like, oh, we finished uh, last week. So kind of knowing that, now they're probably in the editing stage, and I'm pretty sure we'll get it. If I, And that date is out, I'm pretty sure, but I think it's June. Um, so, um, And I still got to catch up. I watched most of season three, but I, I still got to watch the rest of season one and season two. Um, <clears throat> but uh, from what I've definitely seen, majority of Pentagon's matches from both seasons. So, Yeah, maybe one day I'll, I'll start looking at it. I've seen a couple episodes – it's just so much to catch up on that I can't, I like can't commit myself to it because I know how big of an undertaking that is. Um, and may I ask you, how do you feel about Brock resigning? I hate it. I want Brock to go away. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping <clears throat> that he loses the title at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. And I'm hoping that that's the last time we have to see him because I have no desire to see that guy wrestle anymore. Uh, <clears throat> surprisingly, I don't think that's the last we see him. I think he's going to keep the title there, and we'll see more of him, to be honest with you. Um, I felt like the exit window was definitely WrestleMania, and WWE, for a reason, was like, nope, we want to continue with. <clears throat> and either, I don't know, I just feel like there was a, there's a silver lining in that whole situation, and I'm not exactly sure what it is, and I'm pretty sure none of us know because we're all on the outside kind of looking in. But even Dana White, I think, in the, the, the press conference be, the day before, said Brock is still signed to UFC. He still has matches to attend to here. So I don't know how that's all going to play out, but we do know that the end goal and result for Brock is UFC, and he's been teasing it for the long time. And that plays into what I said earlier of, WWE kind of swerving everything that the fans wanted. You didn't give us Rusev Day for the title. Uh, you did give us Seth. You did give us Nia, but you didn't give us the New Day or the Usos. You didn't. You gave us Braun. We get. We'll take that. Uh, you didn't give us Oscar. You didn't give us Nakamura. Um, you 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 gave us Ronda, but no one. I mean, we we knew that. Like it wasn't something that you were really giving us. Um, and you, you know, when it comes to the whole Brock thing, even though. Majority of people don't like Roman Reigns, and, you know, for whatever reason, that's your reason. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I, everyone is expecting you're going to put the title on Roman. We'll deal with that later. We want Brock out of here because he's not performing to what fans want to see anymore. Like, yeah, he'll beat people up, but it gets old after a while. <clears throat> yeah, it's been old. it's been old for a while. I've pretty much been over it since... Going into his WrestleMania match with Dean Ambrose two years ago, and I'm and that's really what pissed me off with Brock because it's like you weren't even the one going to take the punishment for that match, mm-hmm. and you still somehow managed to give us trash. And you and Dean's the one saying, "No, I'll do this, I'll do that," and you're still like, "No, no." Like it doesn't. You act like it requires you much work to put punishment on him. He wants the punishment. So how do you say no? Yeah. And you and you give us a trash match 
And you could tell, like, it was just, you could tell that Brock went into business for himself because the match, it just, it wasn't good. Uh, no, it was not <laughs> at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of seeing him hold that championship. I'm tired of him showing up every couple months. I, I'm just, I'm tired of Suplex City. I'm just, I'm tired of Paul Heyman having to come out and cut the same promo Every time he's on Raw, I'm just really kind of done with it. And I, I hope WWE is done with it sooner rather than later. I know he's going to be there for a little while longer. I hope it's just a little while, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if he's just contracted for the greatest Royal Rumble, I would be happy with that. Roman takes the title off of him there, and then he leaves. You can go tend to your UFC business. It doesn't matter because it's a different thing over there now, and you're not going to just be able to take your steroids and maul people again. And yeah. you're just not. So, and, I, yeah, I'm, I, I just want him to leave. And, it, and, I mean, best wishes to Brock or whatever. It's not like you really need my best wishes, but <laughs> – I'm I'm just tired of him, and I want him to leave because if you're not gonna give us good fights and you're just gonna do the same thing over and over, then go do that in the UFC. Yeah, I'd much rather see him do it there on a, a product I'm not gonna watch. Uh, so I have five minutes. So before we close this out, one, did you have any other WrestleMania thoughts? No, um, just kind of wanted to touch on the the call ups real quick on uh, SmackDown and Raw. Um, Raw with Amber Moon coming up. Uh, <clears throat> good, good choice to bring up. No way, Jose. Not gonna lie, completely forgot about that dude until I seen him uh, in the middle of bronze, like scour for mm-hmm. a partner at WrestleMania, and I was like, oh hey, there's no way, Jose. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he's uh, gonna be fun <clears throat> on Raw for at least a little while. I, I honestly, I have no faith and WWE's writing to do anything good with them because I thought the same thing for Tyler Breeze, and we see what happened to him. They do, and Fandango, they don't do well with dancing gimmicks. <laughs> that, you know what? That's true. So I don't have any hope for no way, Jose. I'm sorry, sir, but you might as well become, like, something else because um, they're going to evolve you to something stupid. Um, we have uh, – what happened on Raw? Braun and Nicholas relinquishing the tag titles. That kid in that moment was hilarious. The get these hands bit was hilarious. Uh, he's He clearly is still a child, so he had no base behind saying it, but I still found it funny. I laughed at it. Uh, Jeff Hardy returning. Uh, it was it was cool to see it, but it was like kind of weird at the same time because just like they stuck him in the middle of the the whole intercontinental situation, which I'm guessing like, okay, if none of these guys move from raw, which I hope Miz does, um, just so we can see him as Daniel Bryan or maybe Daniel Bryan comes there or whatever. But <clears throat> I do hope that, uh, I guess if he's not going to do the brother Nero thing, we see him in intercontinental picture. So I guess that's what explains that. Now I'm thinking about it. Page retiring was sad, but, uh, I, I'm sorry. When it comes to retirement speeches, there, there's two that are up there, and the one that that pokes at my emotions the most is Edge. Um, I mean, there's there's been a lot of them. Daniel Bryan's second, but Edge is the one where when he retired, I almost cried because I felt like I was retiring almost. So 
But um, Paige retiring was like, okay, she's going away. Um, she's not going to be around. But I think I kind of immediately got mad at WWE because I'm like, you penalized her for being around Del Rio for that period of time and for the sex tape stuff. And she comes back for a small duration of time and gets hurt. And now she has to go pretty much not wrestle again. And you guys pretty much wasted time being petty with her. And now the woman can't wrestle. Right. I am happy uh, to see her have a role, though. Yeah. I mean, and there's, it was one of those things. And that's shocking because when they were doing the manager thing, I'm like, Jeff Jarrett, we already know this. <laughs> um, but then kind of hear Paige music. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's dope. And I'm like, just because even with Stephanie pushing the whole women's revolution thing, I'm like, this is moving forward. This is dope. And she can, I'm pretty sure she can pull off some sort of like Stephanie S character as well when someone pisses her off. So I'm very interested to see what Paige does moving forward. Not going to lie though. That was a good swerve for that. I immediately thought Jeff Jarrett. I was like, I don't know why he's going to the blue brand because he's clearly like a raw type of guy, but I'll take what I can get. So um, Bobby Lashley returning. Guy I never really cared about, never really seen anything spectacular in, but I mean, he's clearly a Vince guy, and I mean, we'll see what he does moving forward. Um, I'm not going to lie. There was an inkling of like, oh, this is dope, but at the same time, I was like, ah, it's Bob Lashley, so I really don't care that much. Um, Kurt, <clears throat> Kurt uh, taking the jab at TNA uh, was pretty funny. The whole TNA is hiring thing that can't, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. No, oh, that was great. And, and it looked like they both wanted to laugh, like, but they kind of had to like shake it off. <laughs> but um, even the fact of making those two wrestle for the one spot was just a dope bit to see. Um, Matt and Bray uh, forming the team was dope. Their whole little bit with uh, Jeff and uh, Finn Balor asking, what's that all about? And Jeff just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, And it was just so funny, like just Bray embracing the brother Nero and and Matt just Matt is like he's he's starting to resurge again for me. Um, I think like at first he was kind of getting back into the swing of it again, but I think now that he's back in full swing, it's starting to become really entertaining again. Um, but the biggest thing for me of the night, to be honest, is Samoa Joe returning. And yeah, I, I just think Samoa Joe's about to shake things up. If, especially if he stays there after the shakeup, I think he's going to shake things up. You got AOP coming up, and I may get what I said many, 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 many episodes ago that I may want. They just Paul Ellering, Samoa Joe is back. Give me the super whatever team because I don't think there's Samoa and one of them's Albania on it. So, but give me that team, AOP, Samoa Joe, have them wreak havoc all over whatever brand they're on. I am excited to see Samoa Joe back. It was great when his music hit. I love the crowd reaction he got. I thought his promo was great as usual, and I cannot oh. wait to see him back in the ring. Oh, my God. It was so buttery. Woo. <laughs> oh, it was so smooth. Samoa Joe just talking like a Mississippi pimp, putting <laughs> it down all over Roman, making him second guess himself. Oh, it was a great moment. I'm so happy about it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him get back at it because it's been too long. I forgot how much I missed him. Oh, I, I did forget. I was waiting for. I honestly thought if not Big Cash, I really wanted Samoa Joe to be Braun's partner. That would have 
oh man, that would have blew the roof off the place. And we didn't get it, of course. But <laughs> it is what it is. They saved it for Monday. It is what it is. Uh, SmackDown, the only thing I really worth talking about to me, uh, the beautiful Peyton Royce and Billy Kay coming up. Peyton Royce looks amazing. Um, my god, Gorilla. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and Carmella finally cashing in. And I thought that was a good, even the way she did it was dope. Um, but even doper was James, uh, James uh, Ellsworth on Twitter saying, I guess there was no need to thank me. <laughs> and, and I just immediately started cracking up because I, I immediately went to his Twitter page looking for it and I was like, thank you, James. I knew you were going to give me gold. And that's exactly what he did. Give he us never gold. disappoints. Never disappoints. Even when uh someone someone tweeted him and was like, I really miss James Ellsworth. He texts, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I don't know when I'll see that dude soon, but he has to pop up with something soon. I really want to see that guy soon. Same here. Um, so the last thing, the last thing I'll, I would kind of want to know from you before I have to get out of here, who do you most want to see change brands? I want, I don't necessarily care which brand they're on. I want to see Miz and Daniel Bryan on the same brand. I want to see Sasha go to SmackDown. I want to see the revival go to SmackDown. I want to see um I'm trying to think who else do I want to see switch I would love to see Titus Worldwide go to Smackdown um everyone kind of the major players on Raw kind of need to stay um, just because they have that edge to them, unless you send Seth to SmackDown, I wouldn't be mad with that. Um, because then we would, as long as AJ stays, we would get AJ and, and Seth, and I think that would be dope to see. Um, I Rusev, he has something there at SmackDown. He does, but they haven't given him the push that he needs being on that brand. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Raw. I wouldn't be surprised either. And I'm trying to think, what's his... Finn's going to stay on. He's another one where it's like, I could see you going to SmackDown, but I feel like him moving would need to result in the club moving. I feel like his point is to keep switching the club from... Battler or AJ, and especially when you haven't given us a full staple with them, I feel like it's doing the the universe an uh, 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 injustice. Um, I feel like they need to move a lot of the cruiserweights to SmackDown. If not, kind of do something different with them. I feel like they need to move to SmackDown. Um. And I think, honestly, I don't know. For all the women that are between the two shows, they need to split up Absolution at this point because Paige is no longer a part of it. They need to split up. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, the other, the other what, three. What, Absolution and the Riot Squad? Yeah, they need to split them up. Send Ruby to Raw. Um, she's clearly a Raw 
esque person. Uh, Liv can stay SmackDown. Sarah Logan obviously can stay SmackDown. And send Oscar to SmackDown. Uh, well, and it's crazy because like when you think about the women, it's like you think about specific ones. It's like you're sending different ones to certain brands, and it's like it really thins out the other brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know. <clears throat> and it's sad because I think I talked to Prep about it. I, I don't know if it was on the show. But um, there was so many women in the May Young Classic that you could have signed and you didn't. There And there's a second one coming up. And WWE, please, if you're going to do the second May Young Classic, please get Lou Fisto in it. Um, in Vanity. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that's, that's just personal. And if you can find... It, yeah, and get Savannah Evans in it too as well. I would support all three of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm plugging my political connects. Get all the three <laughs> of them in there. Even though Lefisto's not a political correct, the other two are, and I would love to see them get that shot. Shout out to my girls. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know. It's just kind of one of those weird things where it's like, and uh, I would like to see Jeff Jarrett be, he's going to, he has to play in this mix somehow. I don't know how, but I feel like that was a, a move. To put him in the Hall of Fame, um, yeah, I just feel like that was a move. So he has to plan towards somehow. And I don't know. Other than that, <clears throat> what I've already stated, it's just kind of a hard thing to look. Especially when I don't have a list in front of me, it's kind of hard because there's a lot of people who are like in the cracks and crevices of the brands, and you don't realize that. Oh, you're still there. Oh, you're still there. <laughs> so. So it's kind of hard to, to to pick out who will go where when I don't have an exact list in front of me. Right. So it's kind of hard to, to to pull some sleeper moves. Um, but the ones that I've said, those are the ones that I think or that I would be okay with. And yeah, um, other than that, I want to. Have you you said you, have you watched any of the Hall of Fame? Have you peeked at anything of it? Uh, no. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you that I make you proud. Because when Bill came on, he said about two words and I fell asleep. Yeah, I, I am proud of you for that. You did exactly the right thing in that situation. So, like, uh, I will go back and watch uh, the Dully Boys because I didn't see that part. Everything else I've seen, it was short. It was sweet this year. Uh, great things. So Billy Jim was very gracious, and I was happy to see that, even though I've never seen him wrestle in my life. Uh, I just really like and appreciate when when dudes who who I may not know come on and it's just like they're super gracious and they're just happy to receive their award. <clears throat> Ivory looked amazing still. <laughs> um, surprising that she's never been married. Um, she stated that she also had a, a funny flair joke regarding marriage and things of that nature. <laughs> uh, go and look it up. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it was just good. It was a good thing. Um, as far as everything else, still have ROH to watch. I still have, uh, the Andre the Giant documentary to finish, and it's just wrestling and combat sport has overloaded us this week. And yeah, man, just, just yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched Andre yet. I'll probably watch it over the weekend. I do want to see that. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. I didn't even know he was French, and I think over a lot of the footage I've seen of him, I haven't really seen him speak a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So to kind of hear some of his talking on a documentary and just knowing that he's from France, it's like, wow, like you never even really noticed like the dude is from France. <laughs> yeah, so me growing up with him, I, I did hear him talk, so I, I was aware. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, 
and whenever I've done unsanctioned episodes, one of the things when I ask people what made you fall in love with wrestling, almost everyone has used the phrase larger than life characters is what made them fall in love or part of what made them fall in love with it. And Andre the Giant, if ever someone was larger than life, it was him. I mean, yeah, physically. And, and I mean, even a lot of the guys that were on a documentary were just like, yeah, he was sports entertainment. I think Hogan said it. He was sports entertainment before there was sports entertainment. Yeah. Um, and just seeing, like, the footage of him going to the different territories and just how uh, Vince McMahon Sr. would loan him out and just hearing a lot of the, the testimony that people saying, like, you know, this is a huge guy. He's never heard anyone he's wrestled with. He would sell for people and just hearing great things. It's a it's a huge difference than the last documentary we saw, which was Flair's. Mm-hmm. And that was like an intervention more than it was a documentary. Like, yeah, like it definitely was. So it, it was it's definitely a huge breath of fresh air to hear a bunch of good things, at least coming out of people's mouths regarding a wrestler of old. Um, so. But yeah, man, uh, it's 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 been a week, especially for wrestling, and now we're back to our regular lives, and we'll see what WWE cooks up in the crockpot of nothingness. We will, and we will see. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it soon. Yeah, unfortunately, we will. Because, <laughs> well, I don't, I, well, we'll see. I I don't want to give them any credit and make them happy yet, but. Vince, you better tighten up, buddy, because those nefarious means are right around the corner. <laughs> I don't blame you. So, and when he, as soon as Prep mentioned that, I was like, I was one of those people. Yeah, <laughs> I use nefarious means for the stuff. You did, and I may go back. Yeah, I don't think you had the network till what, like last spring or summer? Last WrestleMania. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought that I was in Orlando when you told me that. Yeah, and I, I literally bought it to see Kurt going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Good reason to do it. Yeah, and they're not giving me much of a reason to keep it moving afterwards. So, Well, you know my big thing. If you don't like the product, instead of going to the show and trying to hijack it, booing it, chanting it, throwing around a beach ball, don't buy a ticket, don't buy merchandise, don't subscribe to the network. That will get you further in protest than booing or chanting will. Yeah, I definitely haven't bought any shirts in a while. I'm boycotting NXT in Maryland. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, besides, they're literally only getting $10 a month from me, and they're very close to losing that. So, Yeah, and I don't blame you. You're doing the right thing. If you're not happy with what they're providing you, stop giving them your money. And for for those people out there who get a kick out of the WWE product, stop watching it. Stop commenting on it. If you don't like anything that they're doing, just shut up about it. Don't watch it. Don't comment. Don't do anything. Watch whatever it is that you like to watch. And let the rest of us live our lives and enjoy the wrestling that we enjoy. Even though it may not be a lot of it at times. Just shut up. Just shut up. Agreed. Um, so yeah, I do have to go now. 
So, because you're so hosting this episode, I'm going to allow you to close it. Exactly. Well, Ryan, <laughs> I'm definitely grateful and thankful that you were able to join me this episode. Thank you for this holding illustrious... off on 25 for me to be here. Oh, it's it 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 was very easy. Um, <laughs> missing an illustrious 25th episode. We had much to talk about, so which is why I held out for 25 for this week. <laughs> <clears throat> and it was a great episode. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. Thank you for the platform. Oh, absolutely. And always a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. Uh, I would sell merch, but um, I'm not the Lloyd who does that. So. <laughs> hey, there's only one of those right now. Yeah. The only one in the business. <laughs> so, for the face of the hill, the mouth of the belt, the whole effing podcast, Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Jiu-Jitsu, Donnie Mundo, Don Strowman, the big sauce man, the Don Voltine Dream, a.k.a. the man that gravity remembered. This is Donovan Lowdown Lloyd. On the behalf of Ron Pashery, this has been another episode of The Perfect Edge, episode 25. They know who I am, but they don't know why I'm here. This is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me a space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care if they whip or they against. We don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch. My team got it on clinch. If the scene that you went green, then we gon' lean at Expense. This angle but has a twist. It's the hill one for a real one. Left lane deals for a real one. And they know the fake from the real ones. You hear that guitar riff? They switch up the stance quick. They think we want Hollywood. You can't understand it. You see who I stand with? My team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed. You hear that guitar riff? They switch up the stance quick. They think we want Hollywood. You can't understand it. You see who I stand with? My team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed.